Welcome, everybody. I'm Jay. And I'm Shaw. I'm Father Key. <laughs> and you just heard a, a great surprise guest. The man who needs no introduction. <laughs> Father Key. Uh, we, me and Jay were kicking around ideas for today's podcast, and we were coming up short until Father Keith was out in the hallway, and I just accosted him, say, Father, <laughs> today is the day that you're on the podcast. And he was... <laughs> more than happy to oblige. I was overjoyed. <laughs> After having two marriage preps back to back, I was glad to be offered the opportunity to come in and do a podcast. Could be sleeping. <laughs> Could be having dinner. No, I love it. This is this is awesome. This is the first time I got to do this. So. Oh, great. Well, so we're going to kind of forego our standard format of all the different little parts to our show, and we're just going to hear some cool stuff from Father Keith. Um, I asked him, and two minutes later, he came into the room. He's like, okay, I've already got a bunch of ideas. Like, holy cow, it's been two minutes, Father. (laughs) Um, But he just said, this is on my heart right now, and I don't really want to say anything else. But, Father, what's on your heart right now? You were talking about this coming Sunday and the readings. Well, you know, it's always on my heart. It's it's interesting because this uh, Sunday is Trinity Sunday, and it's when we celebrate God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But uh, it's in the first reading that it's the only time that God reveals himself as God the Father. Most of our liturgical year bases around Jesus' life, his birth, his teachings, his miracles, um, his death, his resurrection, his appearances. We celebrated the Holy Spirit last week, um, our sacraments, uh, confirmation. You know, so we have the different parts of God revealed um, in the Trinity, but this Sunday is also Father's Day. And on Father's Day, because the way Easter fell, is also the Trinity Sunday. And uh, the first reading has God describing himself. Um, he's about to give Moses the Ten Commandments. And Moses is up on top of the mountain. And the Lord passed before Moses and he cried out, The Lord, the Lord, a merciful and gracious God, slow to anger and rich in kindness and fidelity. And Moses bowed down to the ground and worshipped. And uh, it's the only time that God is revealed as the Father, as the true self. And, uh, you know, when I was growing up, uh, my mom and dad were divorced when I was probably five years old. And uh, it's one of those things that I didn't have a really close relationship with my dad growing up. Um, We had a few visitations here and there, but most of my memories around my mom and her family, my aunts and uncles and cousins, we all grew up next door to one another. I was related to probably two-thirds of my graduating class of 64 kids. (laughs) Um, In the fifth grade, I remember kneeling down um, in church, and I couldn't kneel because when I was born, I had pneumonia. I was the second twin. My brother was five minutes older than I was. And the doctor who finally diagnosed the issue with my knee um, said that my twin brother used my face as a launching pad. That's why I got pneumonia and everything. (laughs) So uh, I got pneumonia, and they put IV needles in my thigh muscle and because I was too small for them to put an IV in. And that was just the common practice back then. But uh, my feet were also turned inwards, and so I had to wear braces And so all the times that they had stuck the needle for the two weeks that I was in the hospital with pneumonia, 
because of the braces didn't stretch the where they put the needle in it scarred my thigh muscle and they didn't realize that it had restricted my movement of my knee until gosh I was two three whatever because I would swing it out to the side and so for 21 years I swung it out to the side um, so when I was in fifth grade I tried to kneel down and I kneeled down and said God did said you can do anything and you see y'all you're all powerful if you fix my knee I'll be a priest for you in the fifth grade and, you know God to me then I heard him always called father and with a dad who was somewhat distant um, he just became my dad he wasn't God the father he was God the dad and I would had a very very intimate conversations with him in church and when I would pray and everything so um, I just kind of grew up and with having three brothers a twin brother and a brother who's 11 months and one day older than we're we always served almost every mass we'd walk in the back door and the priest would wave at us and we'd have to go put our cassocks and surpluses on and we served almost every mass so I was very close to uh, the church um, my family, we always stripped the floors and had to wax them every year. Um, my grandma picked us up one day. We had to paint the inside of the whole rectory. Um, so church was the center of my growing up. So uh, when I became uh, got into college, I was uh, asked what I wanted to major in, and I wasn't sure. And so I went to the counseling department, and they gave me this survey, and I answered all these questions. And... They uh, compared my answers to all these different people and all these different careers and how they responded. And the number one career that I matched most likely with all of my answers was a bricklayer. Ooh. <laughs> I thought a bricklayer? <laughs> really? And I had an aunt who was in the medical field, and she had talked about anesthesiology and that they make lots of money and everything. And my grandpa wanted me to go into computers, and they make lots of money. And somewhere down around number 15 or 16 was religious life. And when I looked at all the results, I went, that's it. And I was a junior at KU, and I called my mom. I said, Mom, are you sitting down? She said, why? What did you do? And I said, Mom, are you sitting down? She said, okay, I'm sitting down. I said, I think I know what I want to be. I think I want to be a priest. She said, well, it's about time. I said, what do you mean? You never said anything. Growing up, she says, well, I always thought you might be. I thought, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> so that started my journey onwards. And while I was at KU, um, I used to work at Hallmark Cards in the factory. And then uh, got to... Uh, a point where I just thought I cannot spend another summer in a factory. And at KU, down in Strong Hall, there was all these corporations that sent letters saying, we'll take any business major and anything. And there was this picture way at the top of the ceiling, and it had pictures of little boys in white shirts and orange shorts. And I tore a sheet off of it, had to climb a little ladder to get to it, tore the sheet off, sent it in a interest notice and uh, got an application. I became a camp counselor down in um, right outside of Kerrville, Texas, outside of San Antonio. And for the next six years, I spent every summer down there being a camp counselor. And while riding a horse, I had 
14 five-year-olds and they called me Mama Keith. Kind of ironic. Now I'm called Father Keith. <laughs> but I had 14 five-year-olds uh, for five weeks at a time all summer long. And uh, so they put me on a horse, and the horse staff thought that they would be funny. And I hadn't applied to seminary or anything yet. And uh, <laughs> my first year there, they put me on a horse named Diablo. Oh, no. <laughs> which means devil in Spanish. And he... We got on our trail ride, and we got up towards this hole of light coming out of this little uh, dark valley, this dry creek bed, and he saw this hole of light um, out into the sports fields and through the trees, and he bolted forward past all of my kids and everything, and I'm holding on. I'm a farm boy. I'm not a rancher. And uh, he headed down to Canoe Beach and got towards Canoe Beach, and there was a tree and just about chest high and flipped me off the saddle and twisted my knee. <laughs> Turns out that there was a close to the end of camp. I was on crutches and one of the parents who were there for closing day asked me what I'd done and said, well, you need to come see my new partner. He just graduated from John Hopkins and uh, I have my offices in Dallas and my dad happened to live in Dallas at the time. He picked me up at the airport, took me to appointment and the doctor told my dad, looked at my dad and said, tell me his life story. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is going to be rich because, you know, I, you know, he left when I was like five years old. And he told him about the hospital and my braces. And the doctor said, no problem, I'll fix it. And funny enough, this was in August. And in September, I had been accepted to go to seminary. And so... God fulfilled his promise. My prayer was answered from fifth grade, but he waited for me to apply to seminary and get my acceptance and notice of attending that he made it happen. Wow. So my dad picked me up to the airport, and my dad of heaven fulfilled the promise of a prayer that I prayed when I was in fifth grade. After knocking me off a horse, like after Saul. knocking me off a horse. Oh, I didn't think about Saul. Yeah, Saul Paul. So, indeed. Well, I'm going to have to add that to my story. And <laughs> it's a, on a on a quiet Tuesday, I think around here, I think the bricklayer thing is still happening because construction's happening on quiet Tuesday. Oh, I think you can see Father true. Keith out there <laughs> pouring the foundation. <laughs> Point of fact that hindsight is 2020, and Jesus turned to Peter. No longer Simon, but said, you shall be known as Peter, Petra, rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. So in a way, being a priest, successor of the apostles and priests and presbyters, I am a bricklayer. I'm building the kingdom of God. Um, but it's one soul at a time versus one brick at a time. We build my church, Francis. And... Talking about the people, right? <laughs> not the, the people, not That's the awesome. buildings. So. Yeah, Very cool. Great story. Thanks. Um, so that's beautiful. I think it's it's fun to sort of hear about the, the inner workings of Father Keith's brain and why he's doing what he's doing for all of us. I mean, right, he's at service to us, which is a beautiful and humbling thing for him and us, I think. Um, and we were just talking about before the podcast, some of the, the day-to-day, what it means to be a priest every day. When do you eat lunch and... How how many times a day do you visit the hospital? And he told us this cool story about just a hospital visit he did recently, a couple of days ago, 
Actually, wanted. yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. Um, well, Monday is usually supposedly my day off. And, uh, <laughs> quotes. It quotes. It comes and goes. But uh, um, I got a call for last rites and um, was unavailable at the moment. And um, I told Leah um, to call the individual back and because the person was at St. Joe's Hospital and uh, that they have a Father Anthony there. And if they couldn't find Father Anthony, that I would come and I would be there as soon as possible. And I never got a call back, so um, I had assumed that they had found Father Anthony. But I went yesterday um, and the day after I got the call and went and visited her and got up to her room and I walked in and she kind of turned her head and she had been out of ICU and got put into a, a, her own room and I walked in and she said, oh, Father, and there a tear rolled down her cheek and she uh, said, Father, I'm going to go see the f God, I I'm dying and forgive me, forgive me of all the sins of my life. And it was like she was almost unconsolable and I leaned forward and I took her hand and I whispered in her ear and I said the words of the absolution and the last rites and I told her to be at peace that God has forgiven you of all your sins in this life and the life to come and to as you cross the waters of death may God smile upon you and give you peace and she because I was so close to her she picked up my hand and she kissed the top of my hand and I just thought I am not worthy of this woman's faith and uh, of the trust that she has placed in me in being a minister of God. And I bear the name Father and uh, to all the fathers out there who, uh, who look at their children and wonder wh how they serve them and what they can do. You know, I started this whole story about my dad and, and everything. Um, I've always had a devotion to St. Joseph and before the new Roman Missal inserted St. Joseph, I had always inserted St. Joseph into the Eucharistic prayer yeah. after the Blessed Virgin Mary. Hmm. And uh, with the revision of the Roman Missal, um, they missed it the first time. And after the revision, they decided to insert St. Joseph. And I thought, well, I've been doing that for 22 years of my <laughs> priesthood. And, before his uh, time. Before his time. So... Uh, um, on the Feast of St. Joseph, and we just celebrated Pentecost, and we sometimes wonder how the Holy Spirit works. And I've talked about my dad, you know, the woundedness of everything, of his alcoholism and everything, and the passing of my grandparents and, and such. And he's the only son of my paternal grandparents. He's got one sister who lives in Easton still, and we're all really, really close to one another. But my dad still lives in Texas. But on the Feast of St. Joseph, there was something that said, you need to call Dad. I've been talking to my brothers, and I told them, I said, I've been given this hankering, you know, that I need to do something. Then it was the Easter season and time of joy. And so it's, it's still hanging on me, and now we're approaching Trinity, and it's just like the Holy Spirit keeps going, you need to call your dad. It's like, oh, man, that's a hard thing to do. On the Feast of Pentecost, Jesus appeared to the apostles, 
and it doesn't say anything. It says, he showed them his hands and his side, his woundedness. And I'm just thinking, okay, we're all wounded in some way. And yeah, even my dad is wounded. And can I be a priest of God to my dad? I went and visited that mother in the hospital and she asked for absolution. And can I do that for my own dad? That's a oh, that's a hard thing. And uh, but what do we hold back from one another? And why do we hold it back? And that's what the Holy Spirit's been trying to push me. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I mm. don't know what the future holds yet. I don't know how to approach that because it's been such a silenced part of my life for so long. I don't know the words to speak. I've tried to write letters and crumple them up and everything. Um, but I suppose we all bear the wounds of Christ in our life somewhere. From a relationship, from a marriage, from a parent-child, from our peers, at work, at home. Woundedness can be anywhere but the power to forgive, but also to be forgiven. When I'm in the sacrament of reconciliation, that phrase of always haunts me, the measure with which you measure will be measured back to you. And when people come to confession to me, I'm the easiest confessor. Because <laughs> when I get to heaven, I want to go, God to go, wow. All the people that you brought back to me, that you illustrated the love that my son came to reveal to the world. That's the gospel this weekend on Trinity Sunday. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Oh my gosh, can I do that to my own dad? I can do that to someone coming in to the confessional. Can I do that to the person that was a co-creator with my mom? That's the greatest gift of marriage, to be co-creators with God, to bring forth a child. Um, and I'm five of six. And my mom didn't know she was having twins until she was on the table. Uh -oh. And she still had contractions. And the doctor said, oh, you're having twins. <laughs> and she had a 11-month and one-day-old at home oh, and a two-year-old and a four-year-old at home. And now she's bringing home twins. She had five by the time she was 22 years old. And uh, so, yeah, my mom, my dad, on this Father's Day as we approach, it's just like it's a crazy thing um, to remember who gives us life, who gives us eternal life. The, the quote that I began with uh, when Moses went up to receive the Ten Commandments, and God revealed himself, slow to anger, rich in kindness, full of faithfulness. Um, I think that's a call for all of us to be more forgiving, slower to anger, rich in kindness, by the power of the Holy Spirit <laughs> and the Son who revealed him to be more God-like, to be more divine. So this is heavy stuff, and I think this is an awesome place to sort of just leave it. As we, as fathers, just sort of for his own life and encouraging us to maybe emulate the father and 
maybe Father, if you can remind me of the saint that said, you know, God became man so that man could become God. Athanasius? No? Maybe? But... I didn't know there was a test. (laughs) 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 Um, But just that we can model that, those beautiful virtues of God the Father in our own life and maybe take those wounds of our own to prayer and how do we grapple with those and how do we resolve those and forgiveness and apparently father's a great confessor so go to him for con- <laughs> i'll vouch for that please <laughs> yeah. but i think it's a cool place to leave it maybe just encourage us and you everyone just to take it to prayer and your own wounds and all that um but father maybe if you could sort of lead us in a final blessing as everyone hears this we're actually going to hear this probably the day after father's day yeah mm-hmm. um i don't know maybe a, a a blessing for fathers or for families and for wounds. Absolutely. I can do that. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God the Father, you in your wisdom, you revealed yourself in your Son and in the Holy Spirit. You continue to reveal yourself so that your people created in your image might know of your love and your goodness. For all those who are made in your image, for those who are your children, in our own woundedness, we ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to call upon you as God for forgiveness and to be willing in turn as you forgive us to forgive those who have wounded us. For man, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You who are slow to anger, you who are rich in kindness, you and your fidelity, your great faithfulness, may we too strive to be more like you in our own lives as we are dwellings of your Holy Spirit. May your Son, who gave his life out of love for us, may we in turn be willing to give love in your name to one another. And may the God the Father bless you, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.